It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to your weekly lacrosse podcast. Lax Class is now in session right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Lax Class 211. 211. Thanks for joining us. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you as once again the flip flopping continues uh tino still battling a pretty nasty bug and unable to attend this week evan you're back how are you feeling better you know the the after it was the after effects actually of covid that knocked me out last week it wasn't i was negative by the time that episode was going on but there was so much pain that came through the side effects from it it took me out for all of i don't week. know what's going on there's some nasty stuff flying around especially with the kids right now people are getting super super sick and it's worrisome um uh, i've managed to avoid most of it mind you i have not really felt like myself since returning from mexico i'd go through these weird spells where i just like lose all my energy and i feel like weak and frail and then i feel fine like an hour later not sleeping great. Anyways, enough about our health, Evan. I, I'm sure the people are just enamored with that. But we got a fantastic podcast lined up for you as usual as we're just a uh, couple of weeks away. I can't believe it, man. couple of weeks away from the opening face-off. Mm-hmm. Face-off, people, not ball drop. Please don't say that. Uh, face-off coming up December the 2nd. So we're right around the corner, so lots to jam in here in the next couple of weeks. We're hoping to get the Commissioner Brett Fruit on next week, um, along with another guest. This week, we got the Vice President of the National Lacrosse League Players Association, also a member of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, in one Reed Reinhold coming up uh, in quarter number three. Quarter number two... Lacrosse superstar Pat Gregoire is going to rejoin the podcast. Of course, he's the the big big dog there at Coolback Canada as well. And we got lots to talk to uh, with with Patty. We'll talk uh, some lax class locks, some Coolback stuff. Kick that around, and of course, Pat also the analyst for the Halifax Thunbirds and the TSN crew in the East as well. So Pat's a busy man, and he's going to join us, I believe, from the Regina airport as uh patty was uh, at gray cup yesterday hopefully he's uh conscious and upright and and uh made made the airport in time i don't know what happened back there in regina but we'll find out all about it with pat gregoire in quarter number two lax class locks are coming up in quarter number four and uh what else do we got going on here evan we got some things we got to talk about who you got you've uh you've created the new pool for who you got it's another confidence pool and mm-hmm. interestingly enough there was uh, a, a variety of options to choose from but you went with who you got the best part about this here is uh, no password required to sign up all you gotta do is search up stampy tax who you got 
and it'll pop right up there. You can join. If you had an account last year, all your information should be there, the login, everything. Super simple this year. Pop in there. You know all the rules. If you don't, we'll kind of go over this the next couple of weeks or so. But who you got is coming back, and uh, it's all set up, ready to go. You can join up anytime. I'll tell you this. I actually submitted my picks for week one. I could change them before it all starts. But the last three or four were not easy picks. I was surprised in the opening week how difficult these picks were going to be all of a sudden. I, do, I honestly I haven't uh, even taken a look at it yet, but I'll do that. There's a pretty uh, obvious eight. There's a pretty obvious seven, but your three, four, five are not going to be easy. Okay. Good to know. And, and it is an eight point pool again. The, there's actually three or four weeks where there's eight games. So, yeah. well, that's just going to go up as the years go along here. I would yep. Imagine. So, yeah, a couple of weeks away. Who you got coming back? Uh, Stampy Tack is back on board. They'll get the big grand prize pack going. We'll have weekly prizes as well. And we'll have a ton of fun all season long making our picks. So that means a format change will be coming up, which means I think we only got a couple of weeks left of the big focus. As we'll get back into Stallions of the Week. We'll get back into who you got. We'll have guests and uh, probably kick around some lax glass locks as well. So a couple of changes coming up. And changes are kind of the theme of this week's big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Under the big Big focus, the big, big focus this week brought to you by Rycor Construction, of course, Evan. Rycor, they make it stand out. Interior, exterior renovations, Facebook and Instagram is where you can see their work, or you can go to the website at www.rycorconstruction.ca. I got to get in touch uh, with with Rye of Rycor. Make sure he's back on board for another year here on the podcast. Uh, but in the meantime, they're family-owned. They operate out of the Lower Mainland, residential kitchens, bathrooms, floorings, decks, 15 years of experience, probably 16 now because they've been rolling with us for a year. They strive to produce quality craftsmanship and provide an exceptional client experience. And uh, I have no doubt that when they strive, they achieve. They're at Rycor. Make it stand out, Rycor Construction. Big focus, Evan. We talked about changes and a lot of new players on a lot of new teams and maybe the most recent one is one Jeremy Thompson being traded from Panther city to Georgia to join his brothers, Lyle and miles. So a lot of new players kicking around. Let's go over some of these guys and how you think they're going to fit in and how they're going to impact their new team, starting with Jeremy Thompson. I'm interested to see how that one goes because obviously they want to get Macintosh off the face-offs, let him do other things. The problem I see here is, is that when you look at Jeremy Thompson's face-off record against the big guys in the East when he's faced them, it hasn't been good. And when we look at the East right now, the top teams have all invested heavily in sometimes in Fogos, sometimes in good face-off specialists that are good at playing defense as well. Nardella, Erlin, Withers. Baptiste. Baptiste, Adler. The list goes on in the East. Like, it is a murderer's row in the East. And 
if George is expecting to win games with 15 to 20 fewer possessions, I think they're going to have a hard slugging of it. So I get why they may want to bring Jeremy Thompson in. It didn't cost them a whole lot to get him on board, but I don't think it solves the dilemma that they're facing. Hashtag faceoffs matter. Other players that have moved around, I think probably the two biggest names both joined the same team coming one from Philadelphia, the other from Calgary, and Curtis Dixon and Kevin Crowley, adding to an already explosive offense down there in San Diego. How do you think this is going to go with all those superstars in purple and gold, but only one ball out there on the turf? Well, for Dixon, I don't see an issue with it because he gets reunited with Berg and Doby, guys he's used to, so these guys can go right back into their old systems and and they're going to be just fine. Um, but that's the thing is, at what stage is there too much offense and maybe not enough invested on the defensive side of things? We'll have to wait and see. Um, and it is going to be an old team, so injury management is still going to be critical for San Diego. Well, and the other thing I think with that is that I think offenses, you don't need like a bunch of them, but you need some guys on your offense that are going to go into the corners, go into the middle of the floor, set the dirty picks, not worry about having the ball in their stick. And I think it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows to start out there in San Diego. But I just wonder, like if guys aren't getting their normal amount of shots on goal, how they're going to start to react, you know, Mm -hmm. midway, three quarters of the way through the season. If their numbers aren't where they typically are, they're going to be like, well, is this the right situation for me? It could, it could work like in lockstep and, and be totally awesome. We'll see how it all goes in San Diego. Some other players that have moved around. Rob Hellier, no longer on the Toronto Rock. He's in Vegas. He's going to be the marquee guy down there for the Desert Dogs. But no longer surrounded by, not insulated as much as he was in Toronto now. Can Rob Hellier, this deep into his career, still carry the load? I, I actually like what Vegas has done on offense. You know, when you take a look at the names that are there, Vegas has, you know, you got Ruey, you got the Greer, and you got all these other guys there. They're going to be just fine on offense. You know, it might take a few games to get it figured out. Um, my concern more is actually on the other side of the ball, defensively, yeah. Of course, goaltending with uh, Landon Kells. You never know with the young rookie. Well, he's not really a rookie, but it's his first time being a full-time starter. I, I think, hell, you know, Vegas has brought the names in that'll give them a good enough offense to give them a chance offensively. The question is, can the defense hold out enough to get them some wins? Yeah, Garrett McIntosh probably going to be the leader on that back end there for Vegas coming over from Vancouver. You got Andrew Q going from Albany to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a bit of a new looking offense there with no Jordan Hall in that offense anymore. And Andrew Q kind of takes over that spot, but a different type of player than Halsey was. Yeah, and uh, of course, keep in mind that Georgia's got some free agency coming up that they need to start to get more guys in the system. So he's not your typical crash or banger. No LeBlanc there anymore either, Evan, too, right? So a lot of of moving pieces in Georgia. So, I mean, between him and Jackson, they're totally different players. They're going to 
feed different needs on the Georgia offense. I don't see any issues there. Is the question of Andrew Q not being relied on to shoot as often as he can? Can he still be the impact player he was? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to, I think, and like you take a little pressure off Q, I think is going to help him, right? Where he's not going to be relied on to be the number one in an offense. He can be the number two or even the number three guy. And I think will be just as productive, maybe even more so. Flipping it to the back end, Evan, here before we get to Pat Gregoire coming right up. Uh, one of the big time free agents decided to stay in Saskatchewan and Kyle Rubish. Mm-hmm. But one of them decided to play a little closer to home in one Chris Corbeil. Doesn't look like Corbs will start the season on the active roster, battling a bit of an injury. But what do you think about Chris Corbeil wearing red, white, and blue? That's going to look weird. It's going to look weird. Now, of course, he may be gone for half the season by the looks of it. You know, We don't really know fully yet, but it's going to be a while. How it's going to work out, I think Chris Corbeil is that kind of leader that not only will A, he fit in where he's needed, but B, he's going to guide that defensive even stronger. So when I put my money down on the Toronto Rock to win the championship early on, this is one of those reasons that this is only going to make that team better. One guy that I think we need to talk about here, Evan, is a guy right here close to my neck of the woods in one Sean Evans, who won himself another Man Cup over the summer, became the all-time leader in Man Cup scoring, and no signs of slowing down. There's another guy that's probably not going to start the season on the active roster, but I don't think he's too far, far off. He's been at training camps and kind of chucking the ball around and stuff and looks pretty good, but a veteran, he doesn't need training camp, this guy. Sean Evans in a Vancouver Warriors uniform is going to look kind of strange, but I'm here for it. And how many how many wins do you think having Sean Evans in Vancouver's lineup will add to their total? I'm not convinced it's any. Because I'm not convinced the offense is the problem. The goaltending is the issue in Vancouver, and they got to get that sorted out. And they've lost some bodies out the back door, too, which isn't going to help matters. The ball is still going to go through Mitch Jones. The ball's still going to go through Keegan Ball. How much a Sean Evans adds to the offense? I, I don't know if it's a great amount. For really, the story with Evans is, is he had a terrible, terrible 2022 season. Mm. Not anything that he's used to in his playing career. So... Can he bounce back from what was last year? I think he can, man. I really do. And I just think his leadership and his will and desire to win is just going to pull that team up to another level. And and like you said, Mitch Jones is kind of the same type of personality there. He just won't accept anything less than maximum effort. And I think having both those guys is going to get Vancouver at least another two or three wins Uh out of their lineup here this season. So I kind of sniped that idea from uh, our buddies over there at the Lax Mag who who posted our, I couldn't, let me ask you one. What? Joe Rezateritz. Oh, Joey (laughs) Rez. We didn't even mention the hundred point man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's not going to hurt you, that's for sure. And and I think Joey is such a a kind of a low maintenance kind of guy. Like you don't, you don't need to coach him up a whole lot. He just goes out and, and does his work. And 
He's been pretty successful wherever he's gone. I think the numbers reflect that. And he'll be just fine there in Philadelphia. It's just, again, I think it's going to be a matter of early in this season, and hopefully they get the kinks worked out in training camp, but guys just meshing and getting some chemistry and some cohesion early in the year as, as you know, that's an important thing, right? Knowing how to play with somebody. Can't remember who we were talking to about that on defense. I think it might have been Brad Self, how he pairs up defenders on the back end in Colorado. It's the same thing on offense. When you know a guy's going to run a double or run a slip or whatever it is, where he likes to set his picks or whatever the case may be, having that cohesion, the chemistry, that know, that that communication that doesn't need to happen, that's a huge factor mm-hmm. for offensive guys. And I think that's just going to take a time, take a little time for, for the guys there in Philly and, and for everybody around the league for that matter. Yeah, no question. I, I think the thing about Reza Terrace is he's going from one team that heavily relied upon him to another team that's going to heavily rely upon him. You know, Philadelphia's numbers on offense were not good last year and something needed to get shaken up. And uh, yeah, they lost the big cat, which isn't going to help. But when you put a 100 point guy onto your lineup, it's only going to go up from there. All right. Well, there you go. Let's see how it all plays out. Just a couple of weeks away from opening face-off weekend. Can't wait for it. Uh, what we don't have to wait for is quarter number two. It's coming up next, and we're going to talk to lacrosse superstar. Pat Gregoire on the other side. Keep it right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Daryl Gibson. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and boxing. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter of action we go here on EP211. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. And with us since day number one, Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Uh, they carry a wide selection of boots, including the brand new Blundstone styles. Kids, men's, ladies, high fashion Blundstones. You can get the ones, you know, just kicking around out in the yard, going for hikes. Or you can get the ones where you need to go out on the town, maybe a nice little dinner. They have a Blundstone for every occasion and for every type of foot. You can imagine stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. You can head out there to Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. And they've been stepping up their social media as of late, Evan. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but they're starting to post up videos on Instagram and in Facebook. Something they haven't really been doing in days gone by, but uh, they're cranking it up over there at Stampede. I'm here for it. Check it out. Stampede.ca or Stampede Tech online, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're they're there. And Blunt's Kevin just needs to recycle that picture of you on the horse there. Oh, so, you know, mercy. Yeah, that actually popped up in my memories uh, not too long ago. The rhinestone cowboy video there. Uh, don't go digging for that now, people. Do yourself a favor. As uh, we welcome back to the podcast, lacrosse superstar, Pat Gregoire. He is the country manager of Canada. That is, that's pretty impressive stuff right there. You manage an entire country for cool bet. Canada, uh, Pat Gregoire, also the color analyst for the Halifax Thunderbirds, also the TSN Game of the Week in the East. Patty, welcome back to Lax Class. How's things? Doing good, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, in Regina right now, was at the Great Cup this weekend with Cool Bet. It was 
an awesome weekend, but I'll be honest, I'm ready to head home. I should be wearing Blundstones because it is freaking cold here. But the game was actually not too bad. It wasn't too cold. You know what? Uh, Maybe it was the copious amounts of of drinks (laughs) that we had at the tailgate, but it it wasn't too bad. Paint the the picture for me here at Mosaic. I saw you snap a shot from your seats and stuff, but it it was like minus four. But walk me walk me through your day as the country manager of Coolbet. What does that entail when you attend an event like the Grey Cup? Oh man, I, I tell you, the the CFL they they do things right when it comes to the Grey Cup. They rolled out the red carpet for us. Uh, you know, we were at the commissioner's tailgate, um, which is certainly not, not your traditional tailgate. It's quite uh, mm-hmm. quite hoity toity, if yeah. you if you will. But it was really cool. You know, they had the Mounties there um bagpipes they had the whole percent for uh sessional come out wine that spritzers cool. instead of pilsner i'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh no there was a fair share of uh of vitamin t okay. um at the open the uh, open bar there but yeah no it was great and then you know head over to the to mosaic um had access to the commissioner's lounge there so you know we still had our seats though so we could go in and out so we still had the true authentic great cup feeling sitting in our seats so it was my first great cup i went to and i don't think i could have picked a better place uh for my first great cup than than at mosaic and best part for you is uh argo's covered right argo's covered and they won it was uh it was a bonus that they won all i wanted was hey keep it within five and they won outright so now i'm pissed off and i didn't sprinkle it on the money well maybe i gotta ask you here we're just talking about this before you got on Tonight, Devils, Oilers, Devils, a minus 156 at home. Who you got in that one? Who you got? I, I, I mean, you got to keep rolling with the hot hand. I know it's the Oilers. I know you're getting plus money on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. But, man, this Devils team, Evan, like, they are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first time I actually watched them from, from start to finish was that game against the Leafs. And that went to overtime, and the Leafs were lucky that game even got into overtime. Like that's a, a promising team. I think they're a little ahead of schedule where they thought this rebuild was going to be, but man, that yet Jesper, uh, uh, Jesper Brad, man, he is fun, fun to watch. Obviously Hughes, we've known about him for a while, but, but they're a good team, man. I think I, I, I think I'd have to roll with the devils in this one. 13 in a row for the devils. Uh, Hey, listen, Pat, we've, we've been kind of talking, and let's stick on cool bet here for a second, not only because, uh, you know, you're the country manager and everything, but we do lax class locks here on on the podcast, and I'm sitting here staring at you. You're wearing a cool bet toque. You're wearing a cool bet hoodie. A couple of items that you've been promising to, to myself and Evan and Tino for quite <laughs> yes. some time here. I'm going to put you on the spot on air right now. When is this stuff coming in the mail? You know, you know what? I'm. Uh, it must have. It must have got lost in the mail. Maybe uh, our guy Jake here might have sent off the uh, pigeon carrier. Okay. But no, in all seriousness, we will get you guys some swag. We'll not only get you guys some swag, so you can rock it, but we'll make sure we'll give you some extra stuff to make sure you can give out as maybe some prizes for some of the lax classmates. Yeah, the classmates yeah. need the swag too, and we're going to kind of up the ante a little bit for, for signing up to Coolbet. And I would say, Pat, this there is no better time or opportunity to do this. Bonus code LAXCLASS at coolbet.com. Stay Coolbet responsibly. But 
NLL season is just a couple of weeks away. The futures are up. The player props are up. And uh, in short order, I'm sure the, the money lines and point spreads and over-unders and all of that is going to be up there too. So if you're a lacrosse fan, you love watching games, you like to have a little fun or an extra riding interest on the game, now is the perfect time to sign up to CoolBet and use the bonus lax class, get some free money, and if you do, you're probably going to get a little swag courtesy of lax class and CoolBet when you do it. Yeah, I, it's it really is a great time. Uh, to be on cool bet. Uh, I mean, just look at the other day alone. You had NFL, you had the World Cup, um, you know, NHL, uh, NCAA football and basketball, the Grey Cup. Like, this is F1. one of the best times. F1, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. it is literally one of the best times to, to be a sports fan. And, you know, if you are a little bit curious uh, in the wagering, uh, by all means, hop on cool bet. You're not going to have a hard time finding some odds that you like, especially with the NLL season approach. Pat, like, uh, I don't want people to get on here and think, oh, I got to, you know, there's like some sort of minimum where you got to bet 20 bucks a bet. Or you can literally bet $1 on, yep. on a bet. And I'm telling you right now, like, it it just adds a little something to the game that you're watching, whether you're going to win 5 bucks or 50 bucks or 500 bucks. Having a little something down on the game just makes it that much more fun to watch. Oh, absolutely, especially with uh, you have these futures. And I know a lot of people like the immediate payout, but uh, it's something fun to to keep an eye on, you know, throughout the year, especially if you're going to hit some of those player totals. Uh, you can keep keep an eye on it. And uh, Evan, I know uh, you guys had your eyes on a couple of Saskatchewan Rush defender ah. goal uh, <laughs> yeah. that I know made some buzz last year. So those are always fun as well. But yeah, no, it, re- it really is. And, and you mentioned uh, money line spread. We're going to have the same offering as last year, player props, um, you know, first half spreads, the whole shebang. I, I do truly believe, obviously I'm biased, uh, but we have the best NLL offering and it's not even close. Not even yeah. close. Well, when you looked at all those, uh, those player futures. Now, of course, you're not the one setting those lines, but which one stood out to you as this is might might be where the money needs to go to? Oh gosh, I mean, this and Jake, I've heard you say it so many times. Like sometimes you're looking at lines, you're like, what is going on here? Like they, they nailed it in the Great Cup last wrong. night, Patty. Forty-seven, yeah. right on the number. I could not believe my eyes. I, I, and they just get it. We think it's wrong, but usually, you know. Nine times out of 10, or maybe not quite that much, but they're usually pretty spot on. Um, and as a better and as, you know, analysts, we try to find where some of that value is. And, and you know, there's we've got some some content rolling out with the Lax Flash. Um, so I have a couple pieces there. But uh, for me, I'll just point out a couple. Um, Connor Robinson, I think, Jake, you even mentioned it on your show a couple okay. weeks ago. Like 65 points for C-Rob. Like, <laughs> Book it, Patty. Book it. Like, that's automatic free money. Like, yeah. uh, you know, barring any injuries, like he he had an unbelievable breakout season last year. It's it, That one, to me, certainly jumped out. Scored 42 goals last year. A 40-burger last yeah, year. There you um, go. Seven, seven. I had a guy. Sorry, Patty. I had a guy. Listen to the podcast, Doug Bellamy, who's going to be the Vegas color guy this year. And, and he's like, oh, man, I love the podcast. He goes, but what's a 40-burger? Because I think I stole your line. And I said, 40-burger? Yes. I said, that's 40 goals. He goes, well, why is it a burger? And I said, I, I can't answer that. So maybe you tell me, Pat, because mm-hmm. I think you're the one that came up with the old 40-burger. 
I, you know what, I wish I could take uh, credit for that. But uh, again, gambling term, usually when a team puts up 50 points in a football game, they'll say you dropped a 50 burger on the other team. Okay. So I, I knocked it down a couple and, and made it a 40 burger. Right, instead. But yeah. There you go. Yeah. So him, I know another guy you guys are really high on um, Hayden Dixon. His mm-hmm. total is set at 40.5. Uh, I think he's a guy that's certainly really, really going to, Maybe it might be a little bit of a slower start for him, but uh, you know, one Dixon leaves and it's a new opportunity for the other uh, to really put up some points. Uh, and then the one other one that I just had to put it in the blog, like I had to include it. Dane Smith, over 116.5 uh, points. Wow. I know that's so crazy, but like, is he really going to have that much of a drop off? Are like, you going over on that? I'm going over. Oh. I'm absolutely going over on that one. He's the set the most and the second most points in a single season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just don't see him dropping off by, you know, nearly 20, 20 points. Okay. Like, I just don't see it happening. There's not a world where I would be betting against Dane Smith. So I'd be touching up the over there, too. All right. Um, I don't know if you can, like, let us into that. But, you know, we, we talked about the bookmakers and the lines and how it all comes out. And I know there's like more into it than that, but this stuff kind of fascinates me. Can you kind of explain how bookmakers or how the website comes up with the numbers? Like I know there's some math and some algorithms and some computer programs and, and some stuff involved there, but then there's the human element to it as well. Is Are you able to, to kind of let us in on that or is that taboo? And no, it's, you know, it is interesting. It really is. And you, you, you kind of nailed it there. It is. It's a lot of it is projections, um, through, you know, different programs or different spreadsheets. Um, but it does also take a human element into it as well, because at the end of the day, um, it is still a game. It's played on, on a floor, right? It's not, the games aren't won and lost on a spreadsheet. So it is, it is a lot of projections. Um, taking factors in of previous seasons, um, changes in the lineups, uh, guys' injury, uh, you know, if they're coming off an injury, if they're prone to injuries, those type of things as well. And it also goes into, like, strength of schedule. So, you know, if a guy's, um, especially with the um, futures when it comes to, like, um, championships or where they're finishing in the standings, a lot of that does tend to to have with strength of schedule as well. So maybe a team that you think should have better odds, well, maybe they have a really tough schedule this year and they might not be able to win their division or um, finish higher in the standings. So when an event like the World Cup comes along, I got to imagine things shift within the organization. What can we expect to see for betters that are looking to put some money on the World Cup? Oh, it's uh, it is such a, a great time um, in the gambling space. I mean, you can literally bet on every single game uh, in the preliminary stages already. Um, you you can literally see it from from all the way from right now today uh, to December second. So if there's a game that's coming up that you like, you can hit that. Um, there's still a bunch of group specials, um, still a ton of daily specials that we have. We're going to be doing our own um, cool bet daily exclusives uh andrew patterson who is one of our brand ambassadors him and one of our uh our guys are over there so they're going to be making picks from doha they're going to be going to every single canada game um and then also you hit the promotions tab there is a ton of daily offers um that you just won't find anywhere else so 
you know, of course, we're heavy focused here in Canada um, on a lot of the traditional North American sports. But mm-hmm. when when the World Cup rolls around, it's all soccer all the time. And then you factor in the fact that Canada's in this tournament for the first time in 30 years. We're expecting a huge, huge, huge turnout um, for Canadian betters. Here with Pat Gregoire. Uh Let's get into some lacrosse stuff here, Patty. Uh, congrats on uh, re-upping with the TSN crew. I know you got to be fired up about this. Back with John Abbott and, and Ashley Dawkins, and we'll be calling games in the East. And you're going to be a busy guy this winter, bouncing back between the Thunderbirds and the TSN guys. Yeah, and thank you. I appreciate it. I, I really am excited for another great season. Last year was awesome. Um, and I think what TSN has planned for this year, um, expect only bigger and better things. Well, tell I think. us, what do they got planned? Break out the well, news I, here on Last <laughs> Well, you know what? It's it's uh, it is what they're planning on doing is a lot of you know things that we saw in that um, NLL finals. So you, you you might see some of those HD cameras at more games, not just in the playoffs, and um, you know just the TSN. They're they're invested in the game. They saw how well it went last year. Um, so I, I would just expect the coverage to continue to grow. Maybe not this season with the amount of games, but if you know if we expect another great season, it would not be surprised. And this is just me guessing, um, but I think we will see more games sprinkle on the schedule um, in the near future. We had a chat with Curtis Tires a few weeks ago. Um, we reflected back on last season, and he, you know, he, he mentioned you know the the ever changing schedule there in Halifax as a as a factor as to why they hit the skids in the second half of the season. But what do you think was the main reason they hit the skids so hard and what do they need to do to change that this season? You know what, Evan, it's a twofold really. Um, But when I think of it, one, I think it was just a lot of turnover in a short period of time, Um, you know, releasing, um, Jackson. Jackson. How much did that factor into that? Like there seemed to just be, turmoil there at the beginning of the season patty like it i don't know you tell me you're a little closer on the inside than than the rest of us but it just seemed like something was off there until that made that move was made and then things kind of settled down after that yeah i i really don't know what it was because it 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 did seem like they just didn't and it's not just kyle it seemed like the entire you know locker room just wasn't the same that we saw in, in the, the previous year. And even though they were winning games, like you could tell, like, I mean, having conversations with Kurt Styers and, and, and Micah Kersey, they kind of forecasted that the way they were playing and the way they were winning uh, was not going to work long-term. They felt like they were very lucky. They felt like they were starting too slow and, and coming back in games and just narrowly, um, beating teams and they were relying too much on Warren Hill. And that's the second fold is Warren Hill kind of fell apart in the second half. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see the King of the Hill that we saw in, in 2020 in the first year that they were in Halifax. And a bit of that was due to injury. And I think if he can come back um, at that elite status, this this is a team that could do some damage. I mean, you add Randy Stotts uh, on the right side and you could argue that they have one of the best righty sides in the game um and now you had a guy who's you know i think it was capable of getting close to 100 points like i think he could have a 100 point season no no problem in that offense you you bring a guy uh like ryan banesh who's hungry for a championship back in that offense 
He knows everyone pretty much on that team. There's not going to be really a feeling out process. So, so you get you, you you bolster your left side, which at times last year was puzzling how that side was unable to put the ball in there. Um, so I, I think the offense is going to be there. I mean, you know what you're going to expect out of the defense. They're going to be fast. They've got guys like Tyson Bell who's going to be in your face. They've got this stay-at-home defenders like Luke Magnum. Um, so the defense will be fine. It's just can Warren Hill get back to that top echelon goaltender that we saw. And we even we even saw it in 2019 when he took over the cage yeah. in Rochester. But it was a small sample size. Can he do it for the full year? That's the big question for me. And I believe he can. We just need to see it. And Cody Jamison, I don't know, Pat. Like, I don't think he was ever – fully healthy last year and no. I think Cody Jamison's going to be a real motivated lacrosse player and then you add in uh, Eric Fennell who I think took a gigantic step forward yes. in his progression last year who's who's going to fit in nicely there with with a couple of trigger guys and Benny and, and, and Jammer and Fennell who can you know do the dirty work but can also stick the the pill in the basket too yeah he's he's such a fun player to watch and I, he's become a fan favorite in Halifax for that reason, because he's hard nose. Um, but again, like you said, 17 talks last year, like a really, really strong season, 40 points, 17, burger, Patty, 17, yeah, burger. 17 burger. There you go. So he's a guy that I think, you know, I last, last year as well, you want to talk about health. He's 17 games played. I don't think he came ever close to that. In any of his previous yeah. seasons, he seemed like a guy that always was, was banged up playing through injuries or not able to get back in the lineup because he was hurt. So, uh, you know, his, he's taken a real um, change in his fitness. He's in tremendous shape. And, again, he doesn't need to put up crazy big numbers. What he needs to do is crash and bang on the inside, pick up the loose balls. But he just seems like one of those guys, whenever the team needed a lift with a big goal, he was scoring those big goals. And you could just – he's a player that when he's oozing with confidence, um, you know, he's, he's a scary player. Uh, out there if you're playing against them. The other change that went down in Halifax, Pat, is uh, your bestie there in in Tyson Geik. Deserted, (laughs) traded, uh, just left you high and dry there in in Halifax uh, and and defected to Long Island with the New York Riptide. I'm just kidding, Tyson. I think he's going to be a huge asset for that team. But you lose Tyson Geick down there on the benches, but you gain one Mackie Jenner uh, along with yourself and Pete Dalladay. That's going to be a lot of fun on the broadcast. Oh, man, it's going to be a blast. Mackie is one of the brightest uh, stars in our game when it comes to media. She she knows the game so well. She's so passionate. passionate. You know, she did a great job with her lax flax uh, on TSN. I know she was doing some broadcasting with the WLA uh, in the summer. So, you know, I'm super excited, uh, to, to work with her. Uh, I think, you know, uh, again, that building, that building is so easy to broadcast out of because you just feel, feel all the energy in the building. And I think she's going to experience that right away. And, and, uh, you know, working with Pete, such a pro, um, you know, he's a guy that he could call like, uh, the guy could call like, squash like the guy just he, he just he gets it right so he makes my job a lot easier and you know we did have a lot of fun last year with Tyson we're gonna miss him but I think Mackie's gonna gonna do a great job and it's an awesome opportunity for her. looking to the season that's coming forward here who's that team or who are those players who you think are going to surprise everybody for the good 
I'm going to refrain myself from saying something, but pick your championship um, <laughs> final right now here. Gregoire. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go with surprises first, because I think everyone has already pegged like the riptide to be their surprise team. So can they really be a surprise team? If everyone's saying like they're going to be the team to beat in the, or the team to, to make the playoffs that didn't make it last year. Um, for me though, I think Calgary is a team that, everyone's just sleeping on and I get it. They lose Dixon, but they still have a very capable offense and they still have Christian Del Bianco in between the pipes. Are they going to win a championship? I don't think so, but should they be 20 to one long shot to, to win the, to win the thing? Should they be that big of, of underdogs to make the postseason? Absolutely not. Like Kermolowski does one thing and one thing only, and that's win lacrosse games. Uh, and he he is going to have this team motivated. And, and the thing is, it's like they're they're not a team that's going to be even reading the press clippings or looking at the like they don't care. The only thing they care about is everyone in that locker room. And everyone buys in. They're going to be a team that's going to be tough to play against night in and night out. And and if they can not maybe start slow, which it seems like they do every single year. If they can have a little bit of a quicker start, that might help, you know, getting them into the playoffs. And once they're in the playoffs, who knows? Anything can happen. Uh, but they're a team that I think will surprise uh, many because everyone seems to be sleeping on them. On the on the flip side, I think Saskatchewan, you know, depending on their goaltending situation, which is the biggest question mark, I think you could argue in the league right now. Would it surprise you if 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 they went on a run here? Like, not look at the talent. No, not have, necessarily. Right? But okay. Tell me who's in the finals, who's winning it. Oh man, this is this is a very lukewarm take because the two teams I'm picking. But I'm going with the two favorites, the Toronto Rock and the San Diego Seals. Um, you look at the Rock, that defense is elite. Um, Nick Rose has strung a couple of seasons together where he has been a top goaltender and their offense has gotten better. Um, you finally add a legit outside threat on the left side with a Corey Small, something that they've been desperately missing, um, you know, since since Jones left. And yes, I love Dan Craig Jamie. He had an unbelievable uh, breakout season, and Zach Manns is turning into a great player as well. Um, but you needed that consistent scoring, which they would go through dry spells. And then on the right side, I mean, you could talk about Tom Schreiber all day long. You add Stephen Keogh. Challen Rogers is playing oh full time like that is going to be an electric offense. Yeah. The Seals, I mean, <laughs> yeah. do we even have you to know? You don't. Like, no. You don't. By the <laughs> way, Patty, um, here's a stat for you that I think it was Jamie that told me. Oh, by the way, also double by the ways here at Shem and Ronger, uh, <laughs> the crossover is still yes. in effect. Yes. That is not yes. changing. So. Just make note of that, people, that the, the crossover is not going anywhere this season. Evan was, was Shemin Wrong, so he'll be known <laughs> as Shemin Wronger. But the Toronto Rock last year, if I'm not mistaken here, Patty, 14 out of their 18 games allowed 10 or less. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> and, and that's where I think would really make for a great championship and kind of similar to last year, but like, you look at probably the best defense in the league against who could probably be the best O in the league. And that's where the old adage of defense wins championships. Well, 
Usually it does. But when you can outscore your problems, (laughs) that also works as well. And I think San Diego is going to do that a lot this year. I think their defense is fine. Um, and Frank Chiliano is a great goalie, but you know, he's a guy that always seems to falter near the end of the year. I would love to see Chris Origlieri get more, more games this yeah, year. And allow... Give him some minutes, Patty and spell yeah. Frankie throughout the year, right? Give him a, a, a week or two off throughout the regular season and really yep. pace him. So he's fresh for, for postseason time. Absolutely. And I saw O'Rig play quite a bit this summer, especially in the playoffs with the Northmen. And I know he's playing junior, but like, he's good. He is so damn good. Orangeville, like, man. He, Orangeville. Like, what, yeah, I know. What else? Who yeah. else? Who, who else? Right. Yeah. But yeah, he's good. He's going to be a great goaltender. And I think, I don't think he's ready to be a starter and they don't need him to be a starter, no. but I think you can definitely get him some more starts to allow Frankie to, not burn out. Long summer, too, yeah. for Frank K. Pat, like uh, man, oh my Game God, 7, yeah. Man Cup run. Like, that's a long summer for the big summer. fella, too. Yeah, and, and the thing is, though, like, you, you you don't want to take that out of him either, that he wants to play every game, yeah. and he wants to be the best. But in order to be the best, sometimes you got to, you know, look out for what's best for you, and maybe it's not starting, um, you know, a, a couple extra games. Maybe it's taking the rest, and it is going to help Origlieri, if he's going to be the guy of the future, you know, it's also for the best interest of the organization as well. It's your fourth anniversary, actually, of your first appearance on Lax Class. And and, uh, the most listened to episode of Lax Class by a long shot. Thanks to you, um, uh, <laughs> an absolute coincidence. Let's just let's be honest. <laughs> what do you remember about the madness of that episode? Man, that that just that entire time, and and kudos to you guys for really being on the pulse of it because it felt like you know we really felt like oh shit we're not getting lacrosse like this is not happening like uh, we were I felt like we were in big trouble and I do believe that. You know, your guys' conversations kind of opened eyes and allowed these two sides to do something that they've never really done before. And that's like get their side of the story out to the public. And at the end of the day, you know what? Like, it's fun, you know, making our picks on on who you got. And it's fun talking about, you know, lax class locks. And it's, you know, breaking down the games with a big focus. But at the end of the day, as broadcasters, as journalists, we gotta have as the games, reporters. Patty. We gotta have the. I can like. I mean, never mind uh, labor peace and all the rest of it. Just no more pandemics because I'm not. I'm honestly, I'm not doing another two years of the podcast without without games. That's not how it's. It. Yeah, and, and kudos to you guys. You did a great job with it. But yeah, you need games. You, you need it. And and I'm just so excited to get the season going. Like last year, maybe it's because we had so much time off. It felt like it was one of the most memorable seasons in a really long time. And I feel like we have the makings to be, uh, you know, have another incredible season and build off that momentum. The last thing the the league needs um, with all this growth, with a new commissioner, with two great contracts, um, with two major sports networks is time off. So um, kudos for, for the um, PA and for the league to get a deal done. That was super important for this year um, because it's full steam ahead guys. Like, you talk about hashtag grow the game and you can only say that so much when push comes to shove, you got to actually do what's best for the game. And that's having these tremendous athletes out on the floor. Well, there you go. That works out perfectly as we head for halftime here, Patty, because we got the VP of the PA coming up in quarter number three and Reed Reinhold. He'll give us a little state of the union on, 
on the Union, and uh, we'll be looking for you in Halifax on TSN, and of course, uh, stay in tune to to Cool Bed and all the good stuff going on over there. Thanks for doing this as always, and uh, we'll talk soon. I'm sure. Absolutely, boys. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for being such an awesome partner with Cool Bet. We know we uh, we love our lacrosse betting, and we know a big reason just is get that swag all in the, the work mail, you guys do. Gregoire. Yes, just coming. get that it's, swag in the mail. All right. It's coming. I'll take your guys' sizes <laughs> and I'll send it off. Right. Okay, okay. Safe travels. <laughs> Safe travels. See you, boys. All right. There you go. Patty Gregoire, lacrosse superstar, right there. Uh, manages the entire country for Cool Bet, and on top of that. Double dipping with uh, the Thunderbirds and TSN this season. And I think that's the first interview we got through with Pat that we didn't have a question about his hair. Well, that's on us. <laughs> that's on us. Actually, well, yeah, we were talking about that earlier today. He asked us what, you know, what makes uh, a good color analyst good to listen to, good to watch. And my, res- my response was good hair. That was it. Good hair. Good. Mine was threefold. Uh, somebody relatable. Somebody that can find a little element in a play that the average person isn't going to see and break it down for a new person to understand it. And three, somebody that knows the rule book. So when crazy situations happen, they can tell people what's happening. Yeah. I think being obviously knowledgeable is, is really key, but being quick witted and a good sense of humor goes a long way to being a good color analyst as well. Thinking fast on your feet and Patty does a great job. Of that, Evan, we got that was a long chat there with Patty. We got to get to halftime here because we got the VP of the NLLPA and one of the newest members of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Reed Reinhold joins us next in quarter three, EP 211. Lax Class is back after this. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Dan Stroop. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class. Halftime is over. Quarter three is now underway. It is brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. As you know by now, boots, hats, belts, jeans, buckles, stirrups, chaps, saddles, bridles, lassos, watches, uh, bandanas, toques, beanies. They got it all at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Stampede.ca. Please turn your radio down, sir. I think we're getting some feedback there, Reader. Maybe you can touch down the, the volume level for us. Uh, welcome back home. I know you just returned from Sin City as uh, Reed Reinhold, Desert Dogs, VP of the NLPA. Welcome back to Lax Class, Reader. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, well, let's let's get to the Vegas stuff first, and then we'll talk some PA after that, I think. Uh, looked like a pretty busy weekend down there in Las Vegas. Uh, I guess practicing outdoors in, in the box like they do there in San Diego. I think maybe the coolest thing, Reed, is you and Tarper hand-in-hand uh, hand there, now with both with the Desert Dogs. How cool was that a training camp with your brother? Yeah, it's been really special for the two of us. Um, it's our first time playing together professionally. We had a, a year of crossover at college, which was awesome. Um but yeah, it's 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 been really special. Our family's been through a, some tough times in the recent past, and so it's a little extra special that we get to spend some more time together. And you got your first chance to get down to Vegas, out nice outdoor practice facility. You got to play in the new arena. Your first thoughts of Vegas? Yeah, that's my first time in Vegas oh. myself as well. So okay. it was uh, okay. it was extra special. Um, the outdoor box is a super a really cool experience. Um, 
it was really good energy down there. We had uh, an open practice on the Saturday morning where we had a bunch of season ticket holders out and then we did some signatures after and I was really impressed with the turnout, particularly considering it was before the season even started. And um, we've done fan appreciation night over the years in Toronto and we've had a lot of autographs there and I think we were maybe just a little bit shy of the turnout that we would get at those. So wow, um, pretty impressive to see. And uh, get picking up a win against the the reigning champs in exhibition play had to feel pretty good too. I know things didn't go so great in in Aguasasne, Reed, but uh, looked like a nice bounce back and and probably important as well as a young new team to. I know it's exhibition, but to get a win under your belt, feel good about yourselves going into the regular season. Yeah, I think we're really starting to see our team gel together quite a bit here, um, you know, on and off the floor. It's, we're spending a lot of time together over the last couple of weeks. It's, it's been really good to see. We have an awesome group of guys, a good mix of kind of veterans and young guys. And um, our offense sort of plays by committee. Our, our defense is starting to chat a lot more and, and work through their systems. So it's, it's hopefully only up from here. I guess uh, how big are the differences playing for Coach Sean Williams? trying to think of what some of the differences would be, but um, both Sean and Maddie are both really smart coaches and um, it's been really nice to be able to learn from both of them. Sean uh, takes a really personal approach to his kind of team management, which is awesome. He wants to get to know his guys on a, you know, a personal level and, and Maddie was the same in that sense. So um, I would say there's a lot more similarities there than there are differences. I got to ask you, reader, what are, are you like trying to like jumpstart your car right now? Are you moving stuff around in your trunk? What I'm, is going on? Yeah, over there? I'm on Marine drop. <laughs> and then there's just so much construction on here. That is, it's uh, not I just, great. I'm sorry. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's all good, man. I appreciate you doing this. Um, <laughs> well, you first time down in Vegas, uh, you mentioned a, Hey, give me a, a reminder call here today because, uh, the boys were, were hitting the strip last night. Uh, can you, can you let us on the inside? What the desert dogs got up to last night? Did everybody make it back to their, their hotel beds at the end of the evening? Yeah, everyone, as far as I know, everyone was quite responsible. We were honestly all really tired. It was a, it was a long day yesterday with, with media stuff and signing autographs and a open practice with a mini scrimmage followed by a real scrimmage. So um, I don't think we had as much gas in the tanks as uh, I was thinking we <laughs> Just would. Just the way they wanted year. it, I'm sure. Just, <laughs> everything went according to plan then. Yeah, but a couple of guys lost some money on, uh, you know, some of the tables and some won. So it was uh, kind of your, your typical Vegas weekend, I assume. For the summer that was, uh, we had the CBA negotiations go down. Uh, you know, there was a point where the two sides appeared to be quite a ways apart. How did you go from the distance you had to getting a deal done in record time compared to past negotiations? Um, I think, I think there's always a bit of posturing, you know, on each side. And I think that there was a lot of timing pieces in there as well. I think the free agency, um, timing of August 1st was, was really important. And the guys were, were holding out on signing contracts because they didn't know what the new CBA would look like. They didn't know if they would become a UFA or an RFA or something like that. And so it was important for them to know their player status before signing contracts leading into the season. And, with, with free agency opening up, there was going to be a, a massive influx of free agents hitting the market. And so I think, you know, there was an interest from the teams to really get to the table and the PA and the executive committee, we had it set in our minds that we were going to be really reasonable in this negotiation. And, you know, we weren't going to fight up to the 11th hour just to fight. We wanted to 
um, accept a good deal if it was on the table. And, you know, when it got to that point, we, we considered their offers really heavily. We had a lot of conversations and um, ultimately we were able to get something done, which was great because it's good to have a little runway leading up to the season and having some certainty over the next three years is going to be great too. Yeah. Stability is key as we're here with Reed Reinhold. And, and how long have you been on the job, you and Zach now, Reed? Has it been two years, over two years? Slightly over two years now. Uh, it was two years kind of in October there. What have you learned in that two years about not only doing the job, but yourself in that job? Um, you know, I was pretty scared taking over at first. It's a lot of responsibility. You're, you're looking after a lot of sort of friends and teammates and, and I guess even family. Um, and so it was pretty nerve wracking. But the more Zach and I were in our positions, the more comfortable we, we got. And I think the biggest thing for us is, is communication, communication with the players and making ourselves accessible. Um, you know, if anybody ever wants to give us a call, our, our numbers are on the website. Our numbers are at the bottom of every email and we love hearing from people and hearing what they think. So um, being accessible, sort of our, one of our main things as well. And wasn't that kind of one of the biggest things that you and Zach and, and the new executive of the PA kind of wanted to change is the, the transparency and, and the communication between yourself and the players and, and the whole union. I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, but that, I think that was kind of lacking in the previous regime, and that's an area that you guys really wanted to open up. Yeah, I think us being current players um, helps with that. But, yeah, you're, you're right. That is something we wanted to do, and, and we ultimately work for the all the players, and so we wanted them to know that and and kind of treat it that way. Oh, I might be in a dead zone. No, here. no, it's Evan's on mute and doesn't realize it. Take your mic off and mute. Sorry if I completely go on mute. Mistake. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, we always see the PA in action whenever we get to a uh, a CBA negotiation. But now that you've got a few years before the next one, what is the main focus of the PA? I say for the next twelve months. Uh, a couple focuses are just providing more resources and benefits for our players. Uh, we we came in with uh, you know having to be really responsible with our finances and we've slowly been able to get ourselves in a position where we should be able to use some of those finances to our advantage. So we wanted to build up, build up some money to be able to have a strike fund, to be able to, you know, maybe one day we can have a pension plan for players. And, you know, now we're trying to provide, um, you know, mental health resources for the guys and, and uh, sports psychology coaches and, and those types of things. So just trying to give the guys everything they need to perform at their best. And then we, we've had discussions with, with people to help out kind of after lacrosse jobs. So, you know, whether it be in, in law enforcement or firefighting or, or other areas, kind of getting that stuff on the table for guys as well, too. So just trying to really expand the types of things that we provide for the players. Uh, just don't forget about like the, the charging blocks or the, the shaving kits or the, the hooded sweatshirts or anything like that too, Reed. I know uh, those, those go along. Yeah, mer- merchandise is is on the list as well. What else you guys been going? Yeah, I saw you you hired our buddy Adam Levy to do some writing for for you guys, kind of spotlight some of the players throughout the union and um, upped your game on on social media as well, which has been really pleasant to see. Yeah, last year um, I was talking with Riley Hutchcraft, and social media is one of my not specialties. I'll say that, and I, I am. Uh, it, it gives me headaches waking up every morning knowing I have to <laughs> do that stuff. And so Riley Hutchcraft did a marketing degree and things like that, but he was looking for some experience. And so 
we were able to get him on board to sort of help out a little bit with that and um, you know sort of get some experience for him and help out the PA at the same time and then we wanted the the fans to know more about our players and our members and so we we're trying to engage uh, some writers a bit more like I said we in the first couple of years we were trying to be really responsible with our finances and so we were a little bit tight and um, now that we're in a bit better position we're able to kind of pay a little money to start highlighting some of our guys and you know make a bit more of a social media presence and that type of stuff we had Todd LeBranch on the show last week and he went over some points of emphasis you know especially this year the the helmets properly being fastened they say they're you're gonna chin cup are you a big chin cup dangler Reed? i'm trying to remember i'm trying to picture you out on the floor if you got a tight it, cup there you'd let it dangle chin it does cup. sort chin of cup, that is. under chin my cup, that chin is. most of the time okay. um yeah that was the one bolded emphasis when we got the, the email to all the players so that'll be an interesting one i haven't seen any of it called in camp quite yet but yeah i guess we're gonna have to do those up a little, a little tighter what kind of input does the PA have every year when they look at rule changes or points of emphasis? We don't have a ton of say. Like that is a that is a management right uh, issue. But they we have weekly calls with the league, and and that's kind of this type of stuff we discuss. And maybe it's not a a direct meeting about health and safety, but it's something that we discuss on a weekly. Um, basis as it comes up here with reed reinhold a couple more minutes says i know you're got the hands at 10 and 2 getting home safely here reed but back to the to the negotiations in a cba and when you first took over it was is nick and jessica and and correct me if i'm wrong again here but is there like a negotiation board through the board of governors like a committee that negotiates with the PA or when you're, you know, trying to hammer out a deal, is it, are you talking to Brad or Max or how does that whole dynamic work? Um, Brian and Max led the charge for the league this year. Um, They also brought in a labor attorney out of New York. His name was Howard Robbins, who's helped with some of their arbitrations and things like that. Okay. And then they do have a bit of uh, a negotiating team. It's, John Arlotta, Mike Board, and Dave Z guy from Buffalo, um, and then they kind of have some GMs sort of pop in here and there for some meetings. But it's an interesting dynamic on the league side, just because they have a lot of a lot of owners with a lot of different input, and um, they have to get them all on the same page. And I guess we have the same issue on our side with all the players, but um, I guess comparatively to say the PLL or, or somebody like that who's one entity. They don't have to rally, you know, every owner, but in our in our league, they have to get the majority of the owners kind of on board. For well, and I, and I think that's an interesting dynamic that maybe people don't fully understand is that you have such a broad spectrum of different ownership groups where you have the the Pagulas and the Cronkies that have multiple entities of you know some big time properties, and then you know maybe another tier of of ownership where that is their their sole entity is their team, whether it be a John Arlotta or a Kurt Styers or a Jamie Dowick, where that is their main focus. And you trying to bring all those people together and have one common vision has to be a challenge for that side. But then on your side of things, you have guys like Dobie and Dawson and uh, Vince that have been around this league for a long, long time. And then you have the guys that are just coming into the league, been here a year or two that are in a much different place in their contract and in their life where you have to try and appease 
all those groups as well. So it's a, it's a big undertaking to try and not only get each side to come together, but then get both of those sides to come together after that. Yeah. You, you said it pretty perfectly. Um, it, it definitely exists on both sides. There's uh, sort of, I, I kind of call them your individual owners. Then you have your owners who own the arenas and those business models are, are drastically different. And so that's something that we, we definitely recognize when we go to the table and, one thing that I, I always try to express to the players is that, you know, a lot of these individual owners are the reason we are where we are today. So although it, it can feel at times that we're catering a bit to them and we have some really blue chip owners that perhaps players feel like can pay more money and things like that. I think it's important for us to, you know, remember that a lot of these individual owners have, have taken a hit over a number of years to get us to where we're at today. Um, and so you do have to consider them when you're at the table and, Similarly, on our side, we have kind of guys who are have full-time jobs during the week and play lacrosse the weekends, and then you have guys who are full-time lacrosse players, and what they, they want is, is totally different. It is a difficult balance, and uh, you have to try to just find a happy medium for everybody and um, just try to think of sort of the, the greater goal and try to express that to everybody because not everything is going to benefit each guy, and uh, you just hope that they see it for everybody else. It's actually a perfect segue to my next question because a few years ago we had Nick Sakavich on here and he had mentioned that their vision was at the time, once the league got to 16 teams, they would have to start the shift towards full-time players uh, to in, to continue to grow the league and to grow the number of games. Has there been any talk or any insight put as to what a transition would be to full-time players? Yeah, and actually one of the, the miscellaneous items in the past CBA here was to create a full-time lacrosse committee. And so moving forward, we're hoping to have more of those discussions. They they kind of tapered off a little bit during COVID, and we're hoping to get those going a little bit again. And it's a really interesting discussion because it's going to be a transition. You're going to have a lot of guys who have to step away because they have other jobs or you know they're near the end of their careers and they can't you know, finish off their lacrosse career their last four years or so and, and step away from their job. So it's uh it's going to be a delicate balance of kind of transitioning people to, to full time. And it's definitely something we're going to be discussing over the next three years. If you need a guy, big committee guy over here, Reed, big committee guy. <laughs> if you need um, last one here for you, for me, uh, championship for the desert dogs playoffs how many wins what's the what's the expectation there in las vegas going into your first season i don't i don't see why we wouldn't have championship ex, uh, expectations i think we have a really good team i think we have a an offense by committee we have some solid goaltending our defense is coming together i think we look really well well-rounded so hopefully we can get some wins this year get into playoffs and you know you never know what can happen in nll playoffs it feels like you know, this past year, every game came down to one goal. So who knows once you get into the playoffs. Ninety ninety seven available for you down there in Vegas? It was. Uh, Wagner let me let me grab that. So that was nice of him. All right, man. Reader, uh, welcome home. Always appreciate your time here on Lax Class. Uh, keep up the good work with the PA and best of luck with the Desert Dogs this season. We'll all be watching, man. Thanks, guys, and sorry about the uh, the extra feedback no. there on the drive home. <laughs> simple. Just get some WD-40 on your shocks or something. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, my brake is loud. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Raider. We'll talk soon, buddy. Hey, see you guys. There you go. VP of the PA.
Reed Reinhold and uh, going to be wearing black and white instead of red and blue this year. But uh, I think it's a pretty cool story for him to be down there in Vegas for the inaugural season and more importantly, mm-hmm. get to play with his brother, um, Torper. That That's a really cool dynamic. And he mentioned they've never had a chance to play professional lacrosse together and they're going to get to do that here with Tor this, this year. Yeah, especially with the family situation there this summer, it's it's great to see that. And you know, when you look at an expansion team, you need guys that you know when you can get an opportunity where guys do have some experience playing together, you take it. Yeah, you need a little you know? mix of everything, right? Young, you know, you know, he's, old, he's got, middle, he's got high end. He's got yeah. experience with Hellier too, right? Like it's yeah. there's there's little opportunities like that and like it's on offense i have no concerns about the desert dogs at all sean williams will get the job done you got a a guy that's won an nll championship on the back end with rob williams and i think they're going to be just fine down there in vegas and uh, they're going to give a bunch of teams a run for their money in their first season as well so good to get a little catch up on the PA and read Reinhold and uh, like I said we'll try and get uh, the commission next week and we're going to have to pull somebody else uh, out of the fire here leading into the regular season. Uh, quarter three is now done which means just one more to go Evan. Quarter four lax class locks. It's all coming up here on EP211. We're back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is NLL Hall of Famer Colin Doyle, and you're listening to Lax Class. We're back. This is quarter four. That means no more breaks here on Lax Class. Thanks for hanging with us on EP211. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Here in quarter number four, we like to do a little thing called Lax Class Locks. It's locked. Lax Class Locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Bonus code is Lax Class. They give you free money. First time deposit up to $200. Cool Bet will match you. And like we said, coming up here before the regular season starts, we're going to add a little extra motivation to get signed up to Cool Bet here. And uh, who knows? Maybe if you're like screenshot your bet, your bet comes in. We have a little extra prize for you. Something like that. We'll figure it all out. But in the meantime, sign up to CoolBet right now. And before you put in your first-time deposit, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS. And up to $200, CoolBet will match your first-time deposit. Uh, Evan, last week, the parlay, I got my pick right over in Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Book it. Got it. You picked the Netherlands to beat Senegal. And it was coming down to the nitty gritty. 
I think about nine minutes left in that game. Netherlands popped one. Then they got a second one real late. That game was a lot closer than a 2-0. So but it my, still pays. Used my soccer vernacular there. 2-0. <laughs> uh, Netherlands got it done over Senegal. But our sick friend Tino, and I don't mean sick in a good way. He's sick in a bad way. Had the Blue Bombers covering five points in the Grey Cup. The Argos spoiled the party, so the parlay did not come through last week. Two for three, not bad, but it gets you absolutely jack squat. But we're going World Cup this week, Evan. Me and you, we're going to make three picks here. We've colluded to come up with three selections as Canada kicks off their World Cup coming up on Wednesday, but we're going to Saturday's game against Croatia. And I like the over here in this game set at two and a half goals. I think Canada is getting at least a goal and I'm pretty sure Croatia is going to score at least two. So hopefully Canada gets more than just Mm -hmm. one, but I like this game to go over at plus one Oh five. I'm actually waiting to see the result of the other game. I may take Canada outright to win this one. Okay. Then we have an absolute behemoth of a soccer or football game, if you will, as two of the world powerhouses will square off after that Canada game. Spain up against Germany. This thing is is going to be a heck of a game. And I think we're taking the draw on this. I think this is where our our money is is going to, you know, it's going to pay off here. First game of the the tournament, I guess it'll be the second game of the tournament here for these two teams. I would not be shocked whatsoever to see these these two teams play to a draw, which pays pretty well, plus 248. And uh, then we're going to hammer the Brazilians here who a lot of people are picking to win the entire thing, the big enchilada, Evan. Brazil Mm -hmm. to beat Switzerland here at a minus 204. So you have a bit of a a a flyer on the draw, I guess you would say, a plus 248. But I I think that's a pretty reasonable bet. Then you got the big favorite here in Brazil at minus 204. Then a bit of an underdog taking the over. But... Good value here at plus 105. And we're looking probably at like a le- plus 1100 for this. So you lay down 20 like that. on that. You're going like upwards of like 240, 250 on your cool bet return. Yeah. And, you know, Patty had mentioned in his interview that there is a whole series of promotions going on mm-hmm. for the World Cup. I looked it up. This is an interesting one. So if you are a Canada supporter, you are not, might want to get on this. And that is if you put $25 down on Canada to win their match. And you use, there's a promo code. You have to get it off the website. For every goal scored in that match, you will get five bucks back. Wow. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's totally worth it to check the promotions tab each and every time you hop on Cool Bet. There's always yeah. something cool going down, whether it's Sunday Night Football or a UFC promotion. There's always something cool to like it's honestly it's like free free betting. Like they'll say bet $25 if your bet doesn't come in, they'll reimburse you the 25 bucks. So it's like zero risk using up a lot of these promotions that Cool Bet will offer. 
Well, and here's another funny thing. You know, we were talking with Patty about the the Oilers Devils game, right? It's one nothing New Jersey as we're taping, and guess who scored the opener goal? Jesper Bratt. No idea. <laughs> he was talking about. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so I know we talked a lot of cool about this this week, and and rightly so. But uh, big World Cup, you know, is fired up now, and this thing's going to be going on for a bunch of days. So check it all out, coolbet.com. Don't forget that bonus code Lax Class, and get yourself some free money. Use the promotions and search up the Lacrosse Classified Parlay. Tell you what, this thing comes home, you. Evan. We could make up for a lot of losses over the past uh, couple of months just with this one win right here this week. I'll tell you, whoever would have put money on England scoring more than five or six today is happy, happy Oh, better. man, six, two, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, they were on fire, although on fire typically means that they go crap. If, if you want a, a historical better, I and mean, all English fans are kind of laughing about this, Take England to lose in the quarters on penalties. Not <laughs> All right, Evan, that is going to wrap up EP211. We'll be back next week, every week. EP212 is coming up, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season. I want to thank our sponsors, Stampede Tack, Rycor Construction, Cool Beck Canada, and associated labels and packaging. I want to thank Reed Reinhold and Pac Reguar for step, stopping by the podcast. I want to thank you, the loyal listener, for checking out the podcast each and every single week. We appreciate it so much. Don't forget to subscribe and review. Um, I've been saying, by the way, a lot this week. But by the way, if you go to Lax Class on Twitter, if it's still working, that is. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere, by the way. I said it again. Go to Lax Class in the profile bio. The direct link to the pool is right there. Just click on that, sign up, sign in, and get registered for who you got. You don't want to miss out on that. Uh, it's on the Instagram at Lacrosse Classified as well. Subscribe, review, and follow us on social media, and we'll talk to you next week here on Lax Class. For Evan Scheminar, I've been Jay Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.